Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Everyone, welcome to the Rodeo Kids monthly Zoom. Um, Who brought a friend with them? Do we have any friends here? If you brought a friend, go ahead and type their name in the chat or if a friend is going to log in. Um, and we want to welcome Tyler Pearson to the Rodeo Kids Zoom. Tyler has been to the NFR multiple times. He's a world champion. Uh, he has some really cool stuff going. He's going to his, it's your first ever uh, time event championship, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so that's a big deal. We've got an all around cowboy that's uh got just he's proved a lot and done a lot and has a lot to offer so we're thankful for him for joining uh the zoom today actually uh jace outlaw jace uh, donahoe's mom called about it and said that she'd mentioned it to you and so we're just really grateful that you came in um these kids are all sponsored for the most part by rodeo kids or the performance pony company and so these kids are stepping up as leaders in the world to be better competitors and to be better amongst their peers and just see the world be a better place and they do a fantastic job so we're excited for them to learn from you because you set an amazing example for them so we're excited to just to hear what you have to say today. Um, so let's just get started. And what we'll have you do is just start with your story as to how you got started as a kid. You know, all these guys are still pretty young. They're in elementary school, junior high and high school and a couple of college kids, but they're still on their journey. So we just asked for you to share some of your journey and we'll go from there. Yeah. So I, I started, uh, my dad rode horses and he broke horses for a living for a long time. And he got me to help him, you know, with those. And they was some buckers and, you know, stuff he couldn't get on by himself. So I helped him with that, you know, and then it got to, I kind of started rodeo pretty late. You know, I was seventh, maybe seventh, eighth grade. You know, as far as some of the other kids, you know, I was rodeo really little. I started a little later, but, um, you know, I fell in love with it. Uh, my dad was, he was, he wrote good. Uh, he never did steer wrestle. Um, so, I got I got in with some buddies in high school and uh, they they fell in love with steer wrestling and I kind of wanted to be a part of it too so we uh, we got to steer wrestling and we all went to the bulldog school together you know and we all kind of I don't know progressed from there you know and then high school was high school was hard on me because I I wasn't very I was long legged unathletic could not I would run to the ring and fall down like I'm telling you could not do do nothing so. High school was tough, but then once I grew out of that, you know, uh, I guess I won the high school deal one time, maybe in my senior year, and then no luck out at high school finals. I placed at Shawnee, um, you know, and then went to college, and college is kind of where I turned turned a little bit. Like, I got to grow, and I got to get bigger and stronger, and uh, I went to West Alabama, and we had a blast over there. That's where my wife went to school there with us, and uh, you know, so we've been there, we've been together forever, but, um, you know, college was fun. We enjoyed it. We, our college coach, he was actually a steer wrestler and he let us stay out late. He'd make a steer wrestle at the end. Cause we, we stayed in there so long. So we would, uh, we practiced till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And, and, and then that's kind of where it turned for me. And then we went to amateur rodeo with Herbert Terrio and he, he opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff, you know, to, to actual winning and, you know, what it can do, which I was actually going to college in the medical field, you know, but not that this is the best example, but I turned from a medical field to rodeo and 
Uh, but uh, it's been great. You know, we've actually, we've absolutely enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, from college and from college to amateur circuit to, uh, to where we are now, you know, it's, it's been a roller coaster. We've absolutely loved it though. Yeah. What does it take to get where you're at? Like what kind of, what's it take to be a champion? Oh, I got Stetson. So my little boy Stetson, he is, uh, he's eight and he is, he's fell in love with it. And that's, uh, I think that's the first step, you know, like if you, if you absolutely love it, you know, then they're, they can't keep you out of that, out of the Las Vegas, you know, just because if you fall in love with something, you'll work harder and you want to work harder, you know, but like me, he, he knows I, my biggest three rules about success and that's practice, practice, practice. And there's so mm-hmm. uh, we do. And that's where, and that's kind of where I get to show Stetson because whenever we was, when I was just like in high school, I was the most unathletic kid there. I was all legs and, you know, I couldn't move around and I had to work harder than everybody else. And to this day, I still have to, I'm 36 years old and I still have to practice, you know, like some guys like Luke Branquino, he doesn't practice or he didn't practice as much in the latter part of his career, you know, cause he didn't have to, but I still have to run a lot of steers and I have to practice a lot. So I feel like if you fall in love with it, you know, and you embrace that and you, you work harder than everybody else. Cause whenever you're laying on that couch, you know, playing Nintendo, somebody else is out there working. So you got to work at it. Yeah, that's huge. What's your, what do your practices look like? Uh, well, <laughs> the bad days are awful, um, you know, but I feel <laughs> like you can't learn anything from a good day of practice. I mean, you can, but you don't get, you don't get as much out of a good day as you do a bad day, you know, so a bad day of practice and you really don't learn what you need to work on, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I embrace those bad practices because a lot of times I feel like a bad practice leads to a, a successful weekend or a successful rodeo. You know, I, I just, I've had a lot of luck with that, you know, really good practices. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I can't, nobody beat me you know, and I don't really focus on one thing, you know, a bad practice makes me think about something and think on that and focus on that. And I go to that rodeo and focus on it. And a lot of times it helps and it works. So, you know, I I embrace the bad practices as good as I do the good practices. Yeah, that's huge. And that's great advice because I know different times we've talked about uh, just with the ambassadors and with youth in general, that it can be really hard for us to get stuck in a bad practice and dwell on it instead of prosper from it. So how do you like mentally, how do you do that? Well, you, you got to realize, see, and that's one of my biggest things is I'm not going to end on a bad run. And me and Stetson both, even Rolf and Dummy, we'll, we'll not, we will not end on a miss, you know, and, but sometimes that's almost, a, you know, as bad as it can be because you don't want to, and I've gotten hurt that way too. You know, I've, it's been an awful day of practicing and I'll run them till I get hurt or run till I hurt something. So you got to take what you can out of a practice session and always think about, let's do, let's work on this tomorrow and not try to, not try to win the world tonight. You know, it's just, you got to figure out where, where you can get something out of it and put a pin in it and let's do it again tomorrow, you know, and hopefully, and, and then, but a lot of thinking like uh, that's, a night's re- good night's rest on a bad practice also to me is one of the best things because you actually think about what was going wrong. And that next day, usually that is not even an issue because you've thought about it all night. Mm-hmm. Your mind's gone through the process of figuring it out and then you can physically follow your brain. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I really think about, I mentally run my steers 
a thousand times, you know, before, especially before a big rodeo, but I mentally run them a lot. And I want, and I, cause in the practice, pen, I can think about something, you know, all night and then the next day and I've thought about it. Well, bam, that worked, you know? And so I try to run those steers just like how I want it to go in my, in the actual rodeo. And I, I make that, you know, hopefully more out of, out of 10 that it, it does happen good instead of not. So that's kind of really, your mind is such a big deal in rodeo. Yeah. Can you explain what you mean by um, mentally going through the runs before you ever get there? Yeah. So steer wrestling for us, it's so fast. Like the start is so fast and uh, you know, your horses, you know, what you know, your horses are good and the steers, you have an idea of what you want to do, but you really know you got to go through those steps in your head on, you know, hitting the start, you know, getting aggressive and getting down and, and getting the left horn or whatever you need to work on really what you've been working on that week is, you know, be aggressive with your left hand and just mm-hmm. seeing all that mentally and watching that mentally go through your mind, you know, repetition at time after time after time. And then whenever it's really time to do it, you know, it's all, it's all reaction instead of actual, you don't, cause you can't think in the time whenever, you know, you have to be fast, you have to actually react. And so I feel mm-hmm. like thinking and thinking about it going through your head mentally really cuts a lot of those steps out yeah that's huge do you like when I was in high school and in college and even today but especially then when I was really wanting to make the finals and goat time and stuff I got to where I would put myself mentally in every single arena and like I would even pretend like it was muddy even though I'm in an indoor arena like I would visualize I'm in Sydney Iowa and there's it's a torrential downpour and I have to be a seven or something like that. Or I know that that's what I have to be, but I'd still have to try to overcome that. Like do those kinds of scenarios in the practice pen. Do you do that kind of stuff? I do, but I never do Sydney, Iowa. That place is unreal. <laughs> but no, yeah, I definitely do. You know, man, and that's a lot with Stetson too now, because he's been to so many rodeos now. Like we ropes, we rope this dummy. So he's got this helomatic dummy that you pull and the feet pull. It's pretty realistic, you know, and we'll go through every rodeo. He'll say, all right, dad, we're Cheyenne. We'll back way up and we'll go to, you know, Dodge city. And so it, it's fun, you know, and, and then, but rodeo and still, you know, I kind of put those scenarios in the practice pen too, you know, and, and it's really good for you. Yeah. How do you prepare when you're, I mean, you're spending a lot of time on the road and um, how do you prepare for all of that when you're going to be gone for a long time? Oh yeah. Being gone was the hardest. Now it's not so bad because I got my family with me. Uh, used to, I rodeo without them and that was tough, uh, you know, cause I was more worried about what was home than, you know, here or, you know, on the road, but now that they go with us, it, it's really good. You know, I get to watch the kids grow instead of them telling me about what Steely done today, you know, now I get to see it. And so that's good. Yeah. Cause even if I do hit on my butt or hit on my back, you know, and it does, and it goes terrible, you know, I still got two kids that still think I'm a hero. So that's really fun. And it's hard to, it's hard to be, have a bad attitude with, you know, kids that are enjoying what you're doing. So that's helped me a lot, you know, and being gone, I got some really great, friends around us you know that help with the with the cattle and like the summers and stuff is pretty easy with the cattle because they got the grass and stuff but it, it's uh yeah. it is a job it definitely is a job but we do enjoy it 
That's good. When you talk about it being a job, like, can you explain that? Because I think that that's often overlooked that we see professional athletes, like rodeo cowboys and stuff. And we forget that it, it is a job and it can be a career. Yes, exactly. And we, we have to, uh, you know, going out there, you can treat it. You can get as much out of it as you want to. You can go out there and, you know, party and, you know, and drink around or, you know, and, and, you know, and not get nothing out of that. Or you can get up in the morning, go to the gym, you know, and go, you know, go to do the Sunday churches. Every rodeo's got, that's got a Sunday perf has usually a cowboy church. You can go do that, you know, and really get stuff out of it. You know, like the, uh, and with, with the working out and the eating right and eating right is so hard on the road, but you, if you really mentally want to do this for a living, you cannot rodeo for 20 years and eat terrible. You know, you really got to look at what you're eating and what you're, your physical activity because it's so easy to sit in that truck and drive for 10 or 12 hours and get off run one steer and get in the truck and go drive 10 12 hours more you know you've got to make time for for working out and you know and and reflecting on everything that's going on so yeah that's that's huge well that's all like that's all great advice i think we've they've seen um i've been doing fitness stuff uh pretty seriously with the guy out of Tarleton um, who does rodeo event specific workouts and he has his own research science and all this kind of stuff. It's really neat. And it's amazing how much of a difference that has made in my performance by having somebody who really knows what they're doing, uh, help me to strengthen the right muscles. But what does that look like for you on the road working out? Like, how do you fit that in when you're driving all the time too? And that is tough. You know, a lot of times you're really in the trailer, just kind of doing what you know, like on the, you roll out a mat and, you know, do what you can in the trailer. But whenever like, so Houston's coming up, we're going to be at Houston for like six days. You know, you can find a local gym there that'll give you a day pass, you know, and you go to the gym every day. And then, uh, and and there's a lot of times too, you'll get to rodeos that ain't never seen a gym, you know, like CrossFit Arkansas. They probably got one there. No offense to anybody who lives there, but I mean, this place is country, you know, so we just, we'll play, we'll get a bunch of group of guys. We'll play baseball or basketball or just some physical activity and, and, you know, enjoy what you're doing day to day instead of sitting in the trailer all day and, you know, watching movies, you know, you actually enjoying what you're doing and, you know, getting some good out of it. So, and, and it's, it is tough and that working out is hard and eating right is even the hardest, but if you put your mind to it and you really want to do this for a living, you'll do it. That's what it takes. Yeah. Nate, go ahead and unmute and ask your question. Is there ever a point in your career where you didn't think you could continue with steer wrestling? Like you thought maybe you should try something else like calf roping or have you always just kind of thought steer wrestling, steer wrestling, steer wrestling? Well, you know, I've I've always roped. I've always roped since I was little, Um, you know, and I roped good at an early age, uh, but I progressed so much more in steer wrestling and I knew where my talent was, was steer wrestling. I, I just, which, you know, rope and I still love rope and I rope every day. Um, but I, my talent was in my horsepower and the steer wrestling event. And, and it was, that's kind of what I knew, you know? And so I just kind of was dang sure wanted to stay on track and focus with that. And that's the event I fell in love with. And that's where, that's where I wanted to be a part and I wanted to be one of the elite guys. So that's, that's where I stuck with that event and I made sure I was part of it. 
That's really cool. When it comes to the steer, absolutely have a question. It's from my mom, so I'm just going to ask it for her. <laughs> but uh, she was asking about when you have people that use your horses in the steer wrestling. Can you talk about how that works? Yeah. So uh, I actually make a living steer wrestling, you know, with mountain guys out. You know, I actually steer wrestling is good to me. Don't get me wrong. But those guys like Wagaspack won the world last year on, on Casper on my yellow horse. And, you know, that's a. Uh, that's a big deal for us. I take a lot of pride in my horses and, and I want them to work as good for my traveling partners as they do for me. So that's how I train my horses. I train them for, for other people, you know, not just for me. And, um, I, I'm a, I'm more of a horseman than I am a steer wrestler. So I, you know, I, and I guess that goes back to me breaking colts with my dad and stuff when I was young, but I take a lot of pride in it. And I want, I want my horses to do good. And I want people to think a lot about that, you know, whenever, and whenever we're around, you know, they have the option to get on a good horse. You know, they, they always think about me. I hope so anyway. Yeah. How much, so some of these kids, you know, are just getting into it and they're not sure how all that works. If you're going to borrow somebody else's horse, what should you expect the exchange rate to be or things along those lines? So if in any event, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of it's different, but so team, everything, so steer wrestling, if you if I borrow a haze a bulldog horse, then that's twelve and a half percent. You know, so if I if I want a thousand bucks and I borrowed my buddy's haze horse, but he used my haze horse, then I would owe him one hundred and twenty five bucks. You know, so okay. if, say if uh, say if if I had the bulldog horse and the haze horse, and somebody won a thousand dollars on my horses, then they would owe me two fifty. Gotcha. So twenty. So 25%. So it's 12.5% per horse. So it's 25% for the team. Gotcha. Do you think that it's an advantage to have your own horses? Yeah, well, you know, and that's one thing. Like, so steer wrestling is, it's not most of your horsemen, you know, because steer wrestlers are a lot of big, brute, strong guys that didn't grow up riding colts and young horses. And so, there are a lot of just, just get me to the horns and I'll rip his head off. So, you know, that's why, that's why there is the mountain out. That's why it, there is the guys with the horses and the, you know, cause like calf ropers, those guys grew up doing it, you know? And so they know horses and don't get me wrong. They still get on other calf horses and that costs them, I think 25%. Um, but as far as steer wrestling, it's more of your strong, just never, you know, I just wrestled my whole high school career and this looked fun. So, I don't know how to ride a horse, but I can throw the steer down. So, you know, a lot of that is in our event. And so that's where we get your mount guys, you know, that all they know how to do is go win money and they just need somebody to put them on a horse, you know, and that's kind of where, hello, you can ride my. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. That's cool. And, you know, that's so true. You see a lot of steer wrestlers who do have just that brute strength and they're so strong. I mean, everything that you're saying, and if you can be the one who has the horsemanship to keep those horses going, you know, it's a, that's an advantage for those who don't want to take the time or have the time to do it for you to be able to step in there and help yeah. them out. Exactly. All right, go ahead, Cheney Sellers. I was wanting to know how did it take for you to take in and find and believe in your horse and your hazer? Well, so I've had four good horses in my life. One up, and I've had a lot of great ones, but four really good bulldog horses. And one of them was Sketch, and he was uh, Kyle Irwin rode him at the NFR, and I think 2014. He was an absolute idiot. 
but he was very talented. He would rare out, like I'm telling you, an idiot. Like he'd run over the judges a couple of times, pinning the barrier. Like he was an idiot. But he had he had like natural ability to do what we needed him to do. And then we bought Scooter. And once you get that feeling on one, you know it if it ever comes back. And so we had another horse called Scooter, which he was two-time horse of the year. Uh, we won. I won the world in 2017. Wagonsback won it on him, I think, in 16. Ty Erickson won another one on him. But, you know, and I knew he had it too. But at, at first, when we first bought him, he wasn't as good, but he got stronger and got dang sure, you know, got that feeling like you want, you know. And once you ride one good one, you look for that feeling again and again and again. And it's been – I've been pretty blessed to have some good horses. Cool. Are there people that you don't want to ride your horses? And if yes. so, how do you turn them away? Well, and that's hard for me because I, I'm, I like, I, I don't like telling anybody no, but so my pretty much, I don't want to go more than four guys. Uh, that's, that's a lot, you know, four guys is pretty much my max. That's, that's cause they're asking, you're asking this horse to do run from zero to a hundred and you know, no time. So you're really asking a lot of them. So four times over four, you know, I'll tell guys I'm full, you know, I got more, you know, or if some guy wants to, you know, really pull on the reins and my horse wants to go to the right anyway. And if you pull in range, you're going to get hurt. You know, I, I'll make it where it's not, I won't hardly tell nobody no, if it's a good scenario and, and it works out and I know it'll work out for them. But if it's, if it's a bad and I think it's dangerous, or if I think it's going to be, it'll cost the horse you know some time or even get them to get hurt you know I, I'll, I'm okay with saying no mm -hmm. I understand that okay Sierra I was wondering how hard is it to get on very fast steers uh you know it's not as bad as you think um because sometimes the slow ones and you're riding a really fast horse and you jump a slow one sometimes them are harder than if you're riding a really fast horse and you jump a really fast steer, sometimes them are the fun ones. So I would prefer some that run a little bit, which don't get me wrong, you do catch the slow ones faster, but that's like what they talk about jumping that mailbox going 30 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Riley and Peyton. Okay, so my question is, what kind of a bit do you like to use on your wrestling horse? So on Casper what and Scooter, I've used actually used the same horse uh, or same bit for those two horses. It's just a D-ring snaffle. It's not very, not very hard because all we want the bit to do in our in our event is sit there in the box, you know, and don't go till we tell you to. So once they once we let them go, it's it's free roll, baby. Let's go, you know. So it's we got to we don't want a lot of bit to pick them up because if you start pulling on their head you know, while you're getting off or something, you have a big bitch, you might slow them down. So we, we put a pretty light bit in our horse's mouth and I use a D-ring snaffle. Her question is, how was your childhood? What was your child look like and who supported you? Oh, I had a great childhood. My family, my mom and dad, and uh, my dad, you know, was into the roping and they brought me to everything I wanted to go to. You know, they loved it and they loved watching us have some success. So it, it was fun. My mom, I had all the support system. I have the best support system ever i had my parents and my family and my wife and my kids now so it's just rolled over to to i'm very blessed and very lucky so i've um you know i know it can be different for some but i've sure been on the good end of that 
Riley and Bailey. Welcome, Bailey Martin. Hi. Um, so I asked, how did you finally get the confidence to jump off your horse? Because I go tie and I think I go like fast enough as it is, but I'm still looking to build speed up. And I just, I'm just like afraid of falling. So I don't really push myself to go any faster. So I was just wondering how you got the confidence to go faster. Well, it took me a bit. I, so in that bulldog school I was talking about, I went to uh, when I was young, I, I mean, I hit the ground the first seven times I jumped. So I kind of embraced the ground pretty early in my career because I couldn't catch the steer. So um, if I was to tell you at all, you know, to do some stuff as far as like smaller. Uh, so my wife, she's a goat, she goat tied in college and she helped, she had some goat tied schools in Louisiana and she loved it. She was really good at it. Um, you know, but it, all that's going to take is practice, work and work and work. And you can actually take those dummies and you can, you'll get to where you want to go faster. Trust me. You just got to, it's going to take repetition, but it might take you jumping, you know, getting off that horse 10 or 20 times a night, but you're going to get to want to go faster and faster because you know, that clock's ticking. And, and that's where, you know, being a winner, you know, you'll learn to be a winner and steer wrestling was like that for me. I would rather you know, I, I wanted to win so bad. It did not matter. You know, let's just get there. And then that, and that once you get that taste of success, it'll get funner and funner. And then you'll be, you'll be helping the next kid go faster. Do you think that, you know, for me, at least I found if I get in the gym and I start working on the muscles and things that make me more confident in those moves, that it translates to like wanting to go faster and trusting myself to handle that kind of speed. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, being an athlete and working at that, you know, and working on those, you know, your legs and, you know, doing all that stuff to get better, you know, that just helps your body to take that, you know, and then once you, then whenever you're physically fit enough for it and you take that hit or take that, you know, getting off that horse going fast and you don't fall or you don't get hurt, then you're like, okay, that was kind of fun you know, let's do it again, you know, so that it does, you know, the gym helps a lot, you know, but it's just going to, it takes a lot, you know, it really, it's not going to come overnight. And I don't, you know, the people that are instantly successful in something, it's just, it's hard to watch because you're like, <laughs> I worked so hard at this, but you know, you really do got to put in the time. You bet. All right. Jace Donahoe, you have a question. You ever went to a, a, a bar? to rope you going to it far to rope oh man i wish i could buddy but i don't think i'll ever be good enough i work at that event a lot and i still ain't good enough i'm telling you them guys are naturally so good and then they practice all day every day so i haven't been able to practice team roping like that for a long time and i think i'm gonna be behind the eight ball on that deal but i'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rope at the time of it. That's going to be the next closest thing to the NFR for me. Talk about that a little bit. What's that like, getting ready for that? Oh, man, it's been work. I'm telling you, like, I have worked. And so I've been in the gym and then trying to practice five events. I'm like, golly, one of these has got to give. So I kind of slowed down the gym. And, um, yeah, this steer. So I never have busted steers or steer rope. So learning to do that. And I'm enjoying it. I really am. Um, you know, and then calf rope, and I hadn't done that since college. So it's fun. It's fun to get back to doing all that stuff again. I've sure had to stretch some 
some muscles I haven't stretched in a long time and legs and growings. And I mean, like I'm telling you, it's work, but I, I have enjoyed it. And I, I think I'll want to do this again, you know, cause it, it has been fun getting ready, but I am ready for it to start. Cause I'm tired of practicing. <laughs> Can you explain what the time event is to some of these kids who don't know what it is? So the town events is they take the 20, they invite 20 guys. Um, and then you, so there's five events, you head, you heel, you calf rope, uh, you steer rope, and then you steer wrestle, um, you know, and you'll do that five times. So everybody's five rounds of that. And so every round they'll, there's a round, you know, in your fastest time on every event, you know, not just the, not just one event, but all your events combined, you know, that wins a round, you know, but at the end of the five rounds, the fastest out of the whole week on all five events on all five rounds is your champ. And that's, they call it the Ironman. And I, and it really is, it's a marathon. It's really a, a head game because you can, you're never out of it, you know, but it's hard to stay mentally focused when you mess up and stuff. So you really gotta, really gotta keep pushing forward and really keep trying to go uh, to keep, you know, to stay in it, you know? And so, it's really been, um, it's been fun because last year I hazed at that deal for like seven guys just trying to see if I wanted to do it. And uh, I did kind of enjoy it. So I was, so we're going to try it this year. So I, I'm really excited. That'll be super fun. I hope All so. right. We have Diana. How do you mentally prepare for a rodeo? So like we was talking about earlier, just kind of want to go through that, you know, picture that rodeo and picture, picture what you're wanting to draw or picture what you're wanting to have at that setup, you know, and then you kind of, you go through that run a hundred times in your head and make sure, you know, that's, that's kind of what you're wanting to do and make sure that, you know, go through the different scenarios in your head and think about, you know, where you're actually going to be and what the start is and, how you're going to ride your horse and actually put that to your, put that to your run and you'll react. And that, that's kind of how I go about it. I dang sure do that a bunch, you know, before a run at a rodeo. Mm -hmm. Weston, where are you at, bud? Oh, what advice do you have for keeping your horses sound while you're hauling them? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, that's a, uh, that's a good one though. You got to, um, you know, good feed, like a, don't overdo it. You know, overdoing it's going to be one of your biggest things. Like, that's why I say, like, whenever we don't want to do more than four horse or four guys on our steer wrestling horse, you know, don't overdo it. Uh, you know, exercise them and get them warmed up and do your event, you know, and, uh, you know, dang sure take care of them. We do Prevacox. So there's a lot of supplements, you know, out there now for, for joints and, and, you know, your guts and stuff. So like we do Prevacox, it's like a, it's like a Tylenol every day and, just a little anti-inflammatory. We do that when I'm rodeoing hard. I do that twice a day when it's just at home, I'll do it once. And then I got some, I got them on Vitalize, which is a, a supplement for, uh, for their joints. And then I also for their stomach so they don't get stomach aches and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff and a good feed, you know, you want to keep them on a good feed and be consistent on how you feed as far as morning and night. And, uh, you know, all that, you do all that and you should be good. Mm-hmm. JC and then Tanner. What is your favorite rodeo to compete at? My favorite rodeo. Golly, we talk about this a lot. And I never have just had my favorite one, but to go, 
so they've changed over the years. So used to, I never have won nothing at Reno for the last 15 years I went to it. And last year it was great, you know, so our rodeos have changed a lot, but I really do like Napa, Idaho. It's been a fun one. Um, it's always been pretty good to me. You know, I, I like Napa and it pays good. Uh, some of the long score stuff like Cheyenne, I do love the rodeo, but it scares the bejeebies out of me. I'll run them. I'll, don't get me wrong. I'll do, I'll try to win, but it is scary. Uh, you know, Pendleton was fun. It's on grass. It hurts a lot. I have won that rodeo, but I'm literally limp for a month after that rodeo was over. But so I, if I was going to say my favorite one, it's going to be Nampa, Idaho. Do you still go to Pendleton knowing that that's what you're facing? No. No. <laughs> if I have the NFR made, I love driving by that rodeo. Mm -hmm. yeah because that rodeo is so late in the year you know that's one of the last seven or eight rodeos if i'm in the top 10 i drive by give them a piece sign you bet okay it's cheney you've got some questions cheney and then cambry okay my question was um when rest wrestling did it take a long time to understand all the right ways to do it correct and what do you what does your mind think when you're in the box so, yeah, that's a good question. You know, like I'm still working on that. So you'll never, you know, your IQ level, you know, like LeBron James works so hard at his, at his, what he does and his IQ level is so good, you know, so I'll never get it all figured out, especially the older I get, the, the slower my body is, you know, so now it's getting more challenging and I have to work on some other stuff. So, you know, I, I would say learn as much as you can and, and dang sure be involved in the event because it, it is a, uh, you'll never perfect it. So don't try to do that. I mean, you know, perfecting an event is going to be impossible, but you can dang sure get as good as you possibly can. And that's going to take as many repetition and runs as possible. And what was your other question? Oh, what do I think about the box? Yes. Well, what does your mind think when you're in the box, when you're backing into the box? So a lot of that goes to my steer, you know, like if I have a steer that's slower, you know, or if I have one that's going to run, I got to back in there and I got to say, all right, just score sharp, relax, score sharp, see it, go get him, you know. And then if I have one that really runs, you know, then I'm really pumping myself up saying, all right, let's get out of there. Let's go do something good. You know, really be aggressive. Try to get to get in front of your horse and go win. How do you um, overcome outside distractions? Like I, I know just through some of these Zooms and these kids are growing up and peer pressure and their friends and wanting to do good and just all the challenges that come from outside of the box. How do you, how do you eliminate that? Well, and that's uh, you know, that's a, that is a, that's a tough one, you know, cause it's so much, there's so much stuff, you know, pulling in every other direction and you just got to really, if you're going to leave home and going to go try to do this, you really have to be focused on, on your event, on focus on what you're going to do and, and not let the outside stuff get you pulled in because I mean, it's, if you're going to do this for a living, there's, there's, trust me, everybody else is working harder than you are. If you're, if you're going playing and going off doing something else. So you really have to stay focused on your event and know that's what you're going to go there to do, you know, and then try to really try to really protect yourself as far as that. And, you know, make sure you keep your, keep the right mindset and stay focused. Okay. Camry, what is your fastest like time? You've so I was a three flat in Alexandria, Louisiana. That's fast. That That's was really definitely fast. my fastest one. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. I have two. So 
first, how do you prepare for the NFR when you're like the top of the world and contending for a world championship? So, you know, that start out there so fast and everybody's so sharp and their horses. So you're, you're literally running at the fastest steers out there and you're running at the best horses out there and the best guys. So we really, really work on just going as fast as we can and staying sharp and trying to really be aggressive as far as getting off and getting ahead of the, getting ahead of the run. You know, if you get behind at all out there, you're just going to get, you're going to get, you're not going to win nothing. So you really got to be ahead of the game and just really stay focused on getting in front of your, getting ahead of your horse and really getting ahead of the run. Very good. Okay. And then um, how do you like ask another guy to borrow their horse? Like, do you ask in advance or kind of just like on the spot? Yeah, no, it's a con well, it's a lot nicer. A lot, a lot of you'll get a lot more answers, good answers whenever you ask ahead of time. Cause you know, a lot of guys are having two or three guys and then somebody would pop up, Hey, I need to ride. You know, it's just hard to take on, but if they go into that rodeo, know they have, you know, if you asked a week ahead of time, you know, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's no big deal. And that way you don't have to worry about, you know, that horse getting full or cause a lot of people aren't going to take more than four, four guys. So you want to go ahead and get on the, you know, get on the, get ahead of that deal go ahead tanner hi um so i'm i'm pretty skinny like i'm 150 pounds and uh i know that most most steer wrestlers they have a little bit more weight on them so they can hop on that steer and uh can go down more is it really more of the technique than how much you weigh it's way more the technique yes for sure technique is everything uh you can take a tech, put technique on a big guy and you got Steve Duhon. That was technique and size, four-time world champion. Technique, or Luke Branquino, that was technique and size. You know, You're like Wagaspak, he is all technique. He is the best, he's the best out there right now, and he is straight, amazing technique. Rowdy Parrott, the smallest guy out there, made the NFR last year, top five in the world this year. He is the best technique out there. So it's definitely technique. Uh, size is just a bonus, but you do not have to be big to do this event. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to the American this year? Yeah. You bet. We're going, we're going, we're going to go another Friday to, uh, they take the top 16 to Friday and then they take the top 10 out of Friday to Sunday at Arlington. So we, our plan is go to the American. Yes. Uh, biggest obstacle you've overcome biggest obstacle so i tell you what we went to an era whenever in 2015 i think we all did the era and it was uh it was just trying to get rodeo cowboys trying to take a stand to try to better rodeo you know get bigger payouts and stuff and um so we took the year off and did uh era rodeo and and we actually got in a flood so, which thank goodness I was here a rodeo because I was at home, and so we got we had a, gotten a bad flood, we lost our house. Um, uh, that was the first time we had prayed as a family, like just all four of us sat there and prayed because we had no idea what we was going to do. Um, we was uh, we had four foot of water in our house, everything we owned was floating. We actually swam scooter Metallica, all our good horses. We swam them to the fire department tied them to the basketball goal and then went and helped people on bass boats and stuff and uh had nothing you know we was we actually lost everything we had and um so we prayed about it prayed about it. we had some friends and we stayed um 
we stayed at Jackson. They let us stay in our place at Jackson, Mississippi. And then we, we took a chance and we bought a place up here in Atoka, Oklahoma. We had some friends find for us. They thought it might be something we could do. And we got approved for a USDA loan and we took a chance and bought this. And that was in the beginning of 2017. And then I won the world in that same year. And um, it's been it's been a heck of a ride since. That is good. You bet. All right, let's go Riley and Peyton and then Cameron and then Chaney. My question was, how did you practice as a kid and get started? So I went to Tom Carney's Bulldogging School. Um, you know, he was great. Uh, we went to a Bulldogging School and that's where we, that was work though. You know, like it almost made you, it was break it, you know, make you really want it or make you want to quit, you know, and I, and, and that made me push myself through that. So it was, uh, but really get to surround some guys like that, you know, go to a bulldog school and, you know, get to some guys that are with you and fall in love with it, with some, with, a, with some more people and you'll push yourself and push them and you'll actually see yourself progressing at a very fast rate. Very good. Cameron. Um, who is your favorite hazer? My favorite hazer? Oh, probably Kyle Irwin. I've won more with Kyle beside me than I have anybody else. I've won, I guess you'd say everything with Kyle. So I'm going to say Kyle's going to be my man. Take to be a good hazer. Uh, pretty horseman, you know, like it really does take a, a horseman like to kind of know, and it takes a really good haze horse. So, which Kyle's always rode my haze horse. Um, so that was where we was kind of spoiled because Metallica's he's one of the best. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, I always want Metallica beside me. So that's where Metallica, he's won the last four or five world championships on the haze side. So it's been, we're pretty lucky to have him. Wow. Taney. What did it take for you to find in a steer wrestling horse to, for you to compete at the NFR? Well, you know, it's just that special gear. Um, you know, a lot of horses want to, uh, they, a lot of people say their horse wants to run by, but whenever they have to run by a really fast steer, they don't want to run by so hard. So it's, it takes a freak, you know, like the ones that want to, uh, that have a really amazing amount of run and, um, you know, that want to get by that steer as fast as possible. Those are the ones that make it for us. Thank you. How do you get a horse to go that fast all the time and then go back and be quiet in the box? And we've got barrel racers and ropers and, and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, that's a high intense, fast, quick pace. Like how to keep those horses calm. Yeah, you know, bulldogging horses are some of the toughest because you ask them for so much, you know, scoring and like calf roping and team roping. You have to score a little bit and run them down. You know, bulldogging, just go fast. And, um, you know, they learn to love it, to tell you the truth. Like Scooter, I would race him. So I would race him with Metallica and I would try to outrun him and he would try to race me. And that's where he got his his extra gear. He got to running with me on the Hazen side. And he got to get so fast, you know, but he was always that good demeanor about him. You know, I got videos of Stetson riding him and Steely and riding him bareback. You know, he was had a great demeanor, but when it come down to business, he, he knew what we wanted, you know, and he picked it up fast and he learned to love his job. And that's why it was so good. That's cool. And like you've said multiple times, horsemanship, you know, that's even the horse that loves it the most with the bad horseman on him, it can ruin them pretty fast. Exactly. And that's the same thing with a steer wrestler or a calf rope or anything. If they love their job, it's hard to beat them. 
exactly. What has faith played as a role in your competition and, and where you are in life? Oh, it's big. You know, I feel like we, we always, we go to, uh, we go to them a lot, you know, we're, um, cause it's so, it's so up and down for us, you know, rodeoing is a roller coaster for sure. You know, the goods are great. The lows are low. Um, you know, and we just got to trust in him to, uh, to, he's the one guiding our path. It's just hard to trust it sometimes. Cause you're like, geez, you know, it won nothing in a month, you know, I'm, kids are getting hungry, you know, and it's just hard to, you know, to, but you really have to have faith and just trust in that. And just like, it's going to come Just stay work harder than everybody else and it'll come. So we really put a lot of, we put a lot of time and faith in that, you know, and, and we really, um, we really do push that to our kids too. And we hope they do to theirs. Yeah. How old are your kids? Stetson's eight and Steely's five, six, maybe six. Very cool. Uh, are you a reader or do you read or listen to podcasts or anything like that to help your mental game when you're driving up and down the road? I do a little bit. Yeah, we do. I, some of the podcasts are, if I can find the good ones, I love the podcast, but it's sometimes it's hard deciphering through some of the stuff, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I do. If I, if, if somebody tells me that there's a good one, I go straight to it. Well, Hey, the rodeo kids podcast is family friendly. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and it is on every major podcast streaming app. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Tell us a little bit about dipping dots. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, no. So he's, uh, I got this horse a couple years ago and he was at a, a cow or a cow sale, I think. And my buddy in Terrell, Texas got him for me. Um, and he was a stud. He was, had snot hanging out of his nose, six inches, six. And, uh, anyway, he said, there's a good looking app here, but he's sure in bad shape. I was like, well, let's get it. And so we got him and we have, uh, how we started him and, we have fell in love with him. Stetson's, Stetson ropes calves on him. I heel on him. We can head on him. Uh, Steely can lope him around. Like he is, um, he's pretty special to us. And there's a lot of people that know. The only bad thing about it is he's so loud colored and everybody knows when Dippin' Dots goes, they all know when I miss. So it's, that's <laughs> kind of hard. Yeah. But other you guys that, all yeah. have to have to Google Dippin' Dots, Tyler Pearson's Dippin' Dots. He's a very colorful Appaloosa horse. Yes, he is. He's pretty cool. Well, awesome. Well, we are, I think Tyler got disconnected. Yeah, I'm so proud of each and every one of you. And I want to encourage you to keep up the good work because other people are seeing your stuff. We're sharing it to TikTok and Instagram and just, we're trying to put it everywhere. So keep doing what you're doing. You are making a difference in the world. And then I want to ask, would anybody like to do the closing prayer tonight? Do we have any volunteers? I will. Okay. Awesome. Riley, it's all you. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we get to have this RodeoKids.com Zoom call with uh, Mr. Pearson. And thank you that we all get to get together and be a part of the sport that we love. And um, please hope we can all have a good rest of the night. Please say amen. Amen. Great job, guys. Thank you again. Don't forget to share it. Keep doing those videos. You're killing it. Mm -hmm.